0: Hey monkeys, what's up? Uncle Silver back here on the Arm Day Podcast. Today is the 10th of December 2011 and it's a Saturday. Today's show is probably going to be a little bit more like the normal length on the last couple of shows. It was a little bit shorter uh, and I was wanting to just uh, kind of try a little bit of new stuff, maybe with kind of doing some recordings at the park or being kind of out and about. And I think it worked out pretty well. Um, it does show that I can, uh, if I am kind of maybe out about running some errands, maybe I can at least do some segments and things. So I think it worked pretty well. Uh, we do have some good feedback on the show. We're going to have a little bit of feedback that I probably should have put in last week's show or last episode show, but didn't. I kind of just forgot about it. Uh, but anyway, we had talked a couple of shows ago about getting started prepping and, and what advice you would give to somebody who wanted to start it to prepare. Uh, you know, to try and put some things aside, you know, what advice would you give that first-time person? And uh, so we've got some feedback on that that I'm going to go ahead and read in the in form of an email that was sent in uh, from Ken from Arizona. We also, speaking of, uh, of Ken's that listen to the show, we have uh, our uh, good buddy Ken out, who's out actually in Afghanistan, and he sent in a review on the Kindle. On last episode, I'd asked about e-readers and, and specifically the Kindle, but just, you know, kind of e-readers in general, if anybody had any experience with those. Uh, and we've got a couple of bits of feedback on that as well. Uh, well, we actually got one um, from Ken, and then we have another from Tom, and he's talking about the Nook. So again, if you guys have any, feed, any, any other feedback on that once you hear this stuff, uh, go ahead and let me know uh, what you think maybe some of the pluses and the minuses are, what are maybe some of the downfalls or some of the... Um, The things where you thought, oh, I wish it would do this or I wish it would do that type stuff. Uh, Now, speaking of doing reviews, and I haven't gone over this in a while, and you can either stick to this or not, uh, but I had usually about five things that I'd like to have in the review so that everybody can sort of be on the same page. And generally, if you follow these five things, it'll answer most questions that most people would have. And the first thing, the first couple of questions that we ask is, what does this thing do or what was this thing designed to do? And the second is how well does it do it? Third are what are the cons? So where what does it, what does it kind of fail at doing or doesn't do as well as maybe as it should? Fourth is um, what, what modifications would you like to see to the product that the manufacturer would do? So that when you get it and open it up, what do you wish that they had put on there? Uh, and number five or the last thing is kind of a two-parter. But it's uh, what modifications, if any, have I done and did they make it better or did they make it worse? Uh, So anyway, usually with those, once you sort of do that and kind of look at it that way, it it tends to um, help with any like follow up questions or things like that. Uh, Kind of nip some of those things in the bud. All right. Let's see. Uh, before we jump in with the show, man, let me tell you, we've—I've been just having a lot of a lot of stuff going on this year. Uh, I think I told—I'm pretty sure I told you guys—I had my knee operated on. That was back in May, end of May, uh, and then it just seems that one thing after the other was kind of breaking down. We've been in our current house for for quite a while, and it's it's sort of at that time period where. lot of the appliances and things that you have are kind of starting to crap out so um, earlier in the earlier in the year we had the microwave the uh, the little spinning plate on the bottom the the rotating plate it kind of crapped out and luckily i was able to kind of self-diagnose what was wrong i took the motor out tested the motor it wasn't working I was actually able to go online and for about $24 shipped to the house, I was able to get a synchronized motor, which basically turns your little tray on the bottom. So I was able to fix that. Well, in a few months later, uh, well, it was actually quite probably about eight months later. Or so maybe the whole microwave just went, it was it just, it just totally crapped out, um, Tried to do stuff with it and it would just like make terrible sounds. So ended up having to buy a new microwave. And I hadn't bought any appliances in probably ten years or so. So man, I just got I had sticker shock from that. And uh, ended up getting a little bit smaller model than what we had before. Uh, and in fact, the same model. And maybe this shows kind of the state of the economy a little bit. You would think that when we originally bought the our microwave like this particular model we'll call it like X18. When we bought the X18 uh 10 years ago, it cost I don't know, $300 or something like that. Well, that ex- same exact model flash forward 10 years, today cost more money. It cost something like $480, and I was just like, "Holy shit, I'm not going to pay that." And you would think that that model because would go down because you weren't getting any new features. It had all the same features, all the same stuff. I don't know if it was maybe, you know, more energy efficient, but usually as time goes by, those type of things come down in price. So anyway, we ended up getting kind of a little bit lower model and I ended up trying to, you know, I always try and bargain hunting and hunt and get things on sale and stuff. So we were able to get one that was on sale so then, shortly after that, our our washer kind of crapped out. The washing machine crapped out. So I tried to fix that, but it was kind of just too far gone. And then we were able to um, get that from some kind of from a private sale. We got like a new set. It was new to us. It was a used set, but it was so it was a lot cheaper. So probably for the price of just buying the washing machine we were able to get a washer and a dryer and i think we kind of upgraded um on those things well then we had then the stove went out our um our stove which we had bought about and this was only about five years ago so i was kind of bummed about that this happened but the stove that we had bought i want to say it was maybe a i think it was a kenmore it was a sears model So anyway, that went out and what happened was the cooktop was working, but the actual oven wasn't. And I did some research, went online and kind of diagnosed the problem and was able to do a little bit of tests. And actually what it was, uh, you know, you have the heating element inside the ovens and sometimes those heating elements will go bad. And if that goes bad, that's about a $50 or $60 part and you can just yank it out and put a new one in. Um, But doing the testing, it turned out that it wasn't the heating element. It was actually the circuit board. Well, the circuit board cost like $300. So you're better off, I can buy a new stove for that. So that's what I ended up doing. We ended up getting a new one. And it did work better. Um, Looking back now, I think probably our stove was, or our oven, excuse me, was probably always a little bit off. Um, So we were able to do that just recently and we're still kind of going through it we've been having problems with the heater now luckily out here in arizona we're not dealing with you know 40 below or anything like that but of course uh, the heat went out when here it was the coldest it had been it was like we were having a little cold spell so it was getting down into the 30s I mean, and the heat would kind of work intermittently and, um, so, you know, it was okay, but we've had the, the, the people out. And of course, again, what it turns out to be is that it's the actual, um, it's the circuit board after doing some testing and this and that. So the guy gave me, he said, well, what's happening is it's not sending power and it's locking out and blah, blah, blah. So he said, what you can do. And of course they have to order the part. They don't have it. Um but what you can do is you can sort of go out to the circuit breaker and click it on and off because what happens if it, and that will reset it and that'll let the heat blow. So I've been having to do that here and there, but luckily it's starting to warm up a little bit. So it's not too bad right now, but hopefully we'll get that fixed maybe by Monday or Tuesday at the latest. Uh, what else, what else? Um, and like I said, you know, just recently my daughter had been in the hospital, um, with some respiratory stuff, and she's, you know, of course she's been out for a while, she's doing a lot better, um, and we're kind of on the the track, we're on track with that stuff, so she's doing a lot better, so I'm real thankful that she's doing better. I tell you, there's no worse feeling than when, you know, one of your kids is, is, uh, their health is kind of compromised, and, you know, there was that old expression that, uh, you know, at least you've got your health, type thing, and, you know, it takes a lot of times it takes something of something bad either happens to you or a family member to to where you really appreciate being in good health and most of the time most of us are in in pretty good health we may have little as we get older we get a little bit more aches and pains here and there but uh, it's something we don't really think about too much until we get an injury Uh, and you know that when she was in the hospital one of the things after we kind of got back home and, and things had kind of normalized a little bit for us was one of the things that I was thinking about from a preparedness standpoint would be, well, what if what if there was massive power outages or what if there was this or what if there was some disaster that happened or what if I lived somewhere where we were had to be sort of stuck at the hospital and there were massive storms or a hurricane was blowing in um, or... or uh, you know, there was five feet of snow on the ground and the roads were all iced up and you just couldn't really get in and out. And so supplies started going down or, or the, the power was lost at the hospital, you know, things like that. And uh, it really kind made of made me kind of reassess some of my preparedness things and some of the things that I'm doing. And uh, so anyway, kind of speaking on that note, let's go ahead and we'll read uh, Ken's email uh, and this is, again, Ken from Arizona, not Ken from Afghanistan. So Ken writes in, and he said he just listened to the last podcast, which actually was a couple of couple of episodes ago, and you asked about advice for getting someone to start prepping. As long as they ask, then it will be easier. If they ask, they're receptive. If they do not ask, then they might be thinking, well, it just can't happen to me. And the first time I was asked, I gave the following advice, duh. And the next time I was asked, I suggested, number one, develop an evacuation plan. They live in Florida and hurricanes came to mind. It includes getting all the pictures and family heirlooms and computer data. Number two was to put together a power outage kit. Number three, build some savings and store up some cash. Number four, put together a get out of debt, I lose my job plan. Uh, The bullets, beans, and band-aids will come next, but you do not want to scare them uh, away by acting like a nut job. Thanks, Ken from Arizona. P.S. I recently discovered your podcast and have listened to all the Arm Date podcasts and have started on the Firearms Cafe. I'm up to number 22. All right. Well, thanks for sending that in, Ken. I'll actually, have a lot of good suggestions there. Um, you know, power outages are, when you think about it, are probably one of the most common things that happen. Uh, and is sort of the same thing here of while we still have power um we don't have a lot of heat it is intermittent and I can kind of get it to come on and it's not bad but uh, again if I was living somewhere well, let's say up in Montana or somewhere up north where it gets really really cold I would need to have some backup excuse me backup plans uh for dealing uh with the heat going out or in our case out here in Arizona during the summer, if the uh, if the power goes down and your or your AC goes down, uh, you know you need to have some backup plans on that. So that is a good job, uh, good job, or good suggestion. Excuse me on that. Um, and having a power outage kit to where if you had a maybe a little backup generator like a little Honda or a Yamaha, and those are expensive, but they're good. They're really good ones. I know the Hondas have a real good reputation. Uh, and they are a little bit pricey, but maybe you can find one on Craigslist, or uh, maybe sometimes at a pawn shop you can find them. Um, although those are pretty rare, I think sometimes when that when that stuff comes in, they sometimes the owners may may keep those, or maybe they've got a friend that they call up and say, "Hey, such and such came in, come down and get it." Uh, but occasionally you do. Um, it's also important again. One of the very first things that I talked about when I started doing this show was getting out of debt. And that's one of the best things that you can do to help prepare yourself. Um, a lot of times we tend to think in huge global disasters of, you know, uh, grid collapse or financial collapse or riots or this or that. And those things can happen, but I think you're probably more likely to be involved, uh, with a power outage. Or maybe with coming up a little bit short on the bills, than you are uh, to be involved with maybe into riots or or a, a, a massive countrywide pandemic. Uh, so if you can, uh, again, getting out of debt. If you can get your debt out of uh, get your debt under control, get out from underneath any credit card debt. That's kind of the first thing you want to get rid of. Uh, and you sort of do what they call the snowball thing, where you you will uh, take your smallest debt try and get that paid off first then you take the money that you were paying on that and you put it towards your next your next smallest debt and eventually you get to where you'll you'll knock those out you'll knock out all the credit cards if you've got any car payments you knock those out uh and then you can start working on your home and and uh you know a lot of people out there that debt is so large uh, that they uh, sometimes they feel that they can't do much but if you look at the tables uh, what are they called amateurization tables if you can make just one extra payment a year uh, and make sure that it goes all towards principal you can you can about cut that thirty year that thirty year uh mortgage down to about fifteen uh, or at least twenty uh, and especially if you can afford to to make some extra payments here and there when you get some extra cash things like that and you will have that uh, if if you've been able to knock down some of that credit card debt and then not go back into debt. Um, sometimes what happens is people will, they'll they'll have lived with credit card debt and, or maybe a car payment for so long, and then when they finally get out from under those things, then they sort of maybe step up their uh, well, standard of living, I guess we could say, they kind of step that up a little bit to where they start spending more instead of saying okay well let's just live the way we were before uh and and then what happens is is they they bring that level of spending up to where they're really not being able to save anything or to to really pay off some other stuff so uh and again I've talked about it it, it does help if you have some cash stashed away uh not only for kind of like a rainy day fund but more for like an emergency thing where if you had to travel so there's a little bit difference in between having uh, maybe savings accounts and cds and actually having some actual cash stored up in your home Uh, having the cash stored up in your home while you can use that if you need to for an emergency really is is to be used if you had to kind of leave uh, you could grab that cash and then you could uh, if if you had to get out of town or something like that, even if you had to get in your car and drive a couple of states away, let's say if something was happening locally where, uh, you know, if you go to the next town over, everything's going to be crowded and resources are going to be strained. But if you go a couple of states over, maybe not. And you could maybe ride out something. Uh, let's say if something bad was happening here in Arizona, well, maybe I could go to Colorado, or I could drive to uh, Texas, or I could drive to uh, you know, Montana or something like that. And I can go and I can then stay in a hotel or rent, a, you know, something like that for a couple of weeks while everything blows over and, and do it in relative comfort. And then I've got the actual cash. Uh, so if, if, uh, for whatever reason, the banks were down here or something, you know, who knows? Um, and a lot of people say, well, that kind of stuff is very rare. It can't really happen, but a lot of that stuff happens all the time. If you, if you start doing, um, News searches for power outages. You'll see that uh, power outages are, are pretty common, and a lot of times things go when things go down. So if if there's massive power outages, people aren't gonna the the uh, the merchants and the stores. If none of their computers are working, they're not gonna they're not going to be able to take your credit card. They're not going to be able to take your you know debit card uh, what they will be able to take is cash. So if you walk in there with cash that you have, that you can put your hands on, um, to where you didn't have to run to the bank and maybe because the bank is closing, they can't keep the records, you know, updated and stuff. So they're, they're going to maybe do a limit on how much cash they, they're going to let you have because they can't check the balance type stuff. So anyway, uh, kind of droned on and on about this stuff, but uh, all real good ideas. Uh, that Ken from Arizona had, um, especially... I'm going to drone on some more. What do you think about that? Especially with uh, kind of getting back to developing that evacuation plan. So what I was just talking about, if if something bad was happening here in Arizona or in California, you know, do you have the ability to say, you know, we can go three towns over and this isn't happening, uh, so we can go there? Or is it a thing And and you need to have a... Oh... You also need to have and he touched on it a little bit but basically having sort of a documentation plan and uh i've I've mentioned his show a lot in the past uh, but Jack Spearco's uh, the survival podcast there is a ton of information uh it's like getting a doctorate in in survival uh survival stuff and preparedness um, and in fact he's got when i very first started listening to his show the thing that kind of hooked me was his tagline which is for uh, preparing for when times get tough or even if they don't so that everything that you do makes your life easier and if if things never go down the toilet well it didn't matter because everything that you bought you were using all the food that you stored you you know you you eat what you store so nothing that you have done was wasteful or or made your life worse Uh, so anyway getting back to that thing of of having a documentation packet that means that if if uh, you had to call your wife or your in-laws or your your kids or something like that that they have everybody sort of on the same page and we can say hey we're going to go to uh, on page 15 of our packet we're going to go to this hotel the hotel that's on that page and this is the route that you need to take uh, and then so everybody can kind of get there and everybody uh everybody has a plan and if somebody has a plan that they can follow even if they're kind of wigging out a little bit if they got something that they can follow and know this is the route I got to take and if this route is is blocked I know that I can take this other one it really can kind of calm them down because they've got something to focus on they've got a, a task or a goal that they can meet and a lot of this stuff you know when you think about it, a lot of times it's best to do things in, in incrementally um, so anyway uh, we may get into more of the prepping stuff a little bit uh, in more detail in later shows uh, but like I said there are tons of other podcasts out there that probably do it a lot better than this one Uh, And again, Spirico has some uh, some really good stuff and that's the Survival Podcast and I'll put a link to that into the show as well. All right, so uh, I guess what we'll do now is let's go ahead and we'll jump in um, with our review on the, um... you know what, while I'm doing email, why don't I do that first? Let me go ahead and I'll read the email from Tom. Let me pull that up here. Where Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? All right, so this is from Tom. And, um, Tom writes in and he says, um, let's see, i us get to the, okay, here it is. Uh, several months ago, I got a nook. I got the simple e-reader, which I am well satisfied with. I have a friend who has the uh, nook color. The color graphics are nice, but I don't really read many magazines for my use, which is reading books. It's all I could ask for and more. It's simple to use, has built-in Wi-Fi, and I can get samples and or read for free for an hour each day at any Barnes & Noble. I don't know how it compares to a Kindle, although they seem similar. The Nook has an expandable micro SD slot, although I haven't used it to date. Until recently, our local library only had books for loan compatible with the Nook and not Kindle, but that seems to be changing. I might be wrong but Kindle may have a proprietary file system not compatible with most free ebooks found on the web. Uh, if you do get an e-reader I think you'll be extremely happy. Be careful however, it's so simple to purchase a book you could get really carried away. Thanks for all you do Tom from Roanoke Virginia. All right Tom, well thanks for sending that in. You know I've looked at The Nook and I've I've been over to the Barnes and Noble and stuff like that and I've looked at those. And, um, I, you know, I don't know I'll, what we'll do is I'll, I'll go ahead and, um, I'll play the review from Ken, uh, you know, in Afghanistan here in a second. I I have heard, you were talking about that proprietary thing. I have heard of that and I don't, I think though now I think maybe they've kind of changed that. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but some, we're doing some of the research and everything, also, some of the research I've seen that I've done as far as being able to borrow books from the library, I know on some of maybe the older Kindles that you couldn't, and I don't know if on the newer ones, I'm pretty sure on the newer ones you're able to, and I don't know maybe if that's a thing that that is coming from licensing with them with libraries and how they would want to do stuff. Uh, I do know, though, that and this is a little bit off subject but i do know that with the library when when you're getting e-materials they usually have uh agreements with whoever uh let's we'll say the the writers or the artists or what you know whatever you're whatever you're doing they don't they only loan out so many copies so it's kind of like You know, they actually have physical copies of of the thing, uh, of of books. So, you know, once so many are out, then you have to get on a wish list for them type thing. Uh, And I've gotten several audiobooks that are that way. And um, once they're sort of, uh, once they've loaned out so many copies, you just can't load them out anymore. And it's not that you couldn't just go in there and download them, but it just has to do with the agreements and everything like that. Uh, I have heard some t- some people complain with the Kindle that they would like to have a like one of those micro SD slots so that if they wanted to they could load up two or three of the little micro the the, the SD cards and then they could have tons and tons of books on there um, but you said you haven't used yours. Um, can you use those for pictures just for viewing pictures on them at all uh, and then also the thing Tom when you had said about You can read for free for an hour each day at Barnes and Noble. Does that mean like the stuff that they have, so that you could do uh, do samples or go in there and log into their system, and then you could read pretty much any ebook that they have instead of paying for it? Like, so how you could you know you can go in and look at a uh, you know look at a book there and sit in the chairs and kind of thumb through it and read through it a little bit. Um, So I wonder if that's sort of that same thing. Uh, But anyway, uh, thanks for sending that in, Tom. Appreciate it. And, uh, let's go ahead and let's hear from Ken. All right. Take it away, Ken.
1: Hey, Tony, everybody. This is Ken from Afghanistan calling in a review of my Kindle Wi-Fi. Um, I honestly can't remember how much paid for it. Uh, my wife got it for me right before I deployed, and, um, I want to tell you that I, I love this thing. Uh, I've not only been able to put some books on it from, uh, amazon.com before I left, but I've also been able to put some on it since I've been here. Uh, another great little add-on, um, that doesn't come from Amazon, um, uh, but is, uh, a piece of software you can download for free is called caliber and that's helped me put a whole bunch of books convert some books that i previously had in pdf format onto my kindle and i think i've i've probably read through uh four or five books since i've been here including um the ones i downloaded from amazon were Um, The second edition of Trail Safe by Michael Bain. Art of the Rifle by Colonel Jeff Cooper. And I just downloaded and I'm in the middle of reading the new Revolver book. Um, Man, I might have to get back to you and and put that in my email of of what what book that is. I'm going to have to go look it up. I'm outside recording this. Uh, MP3, so you might hear some odd sounds or me shivering. It's getting a little cold here. Um, trying to think uh, if I can just go through uh, like some of the questions. So what is it? Ebook Reader. Uh, it uses the e-ink that uh, you were talking about, Tony, on the last podcast, which is awesome because um, although it doesn't allow you to read it in the dark like a backlit screen would on... Um, like a tablet um, it is really easy on the eyes when you have it in um, either just artificial light inside or outside it's easy to read it's kind of like a non glare screen so you can you can definitely read everything in, even in f- full sunlight so that's a really good thing about it I think also another big factor that lends to that being a great good thing is that it it barely uses any battery power whatsoever uh, It has internal batteries that you recharge Off of either A plug um, That adapts to a USB cord That's, that's specific for the Kindle um, Or you can plug that Directly into your computer and it can charge from there That USB cord um, And like I said It, it just lasts forever uh, I don't even think I got close To Wearing down the battery before I, I started recharging it and so that's one major advantage it has over a tablet uh, is that the battery life is a lot greater. So I think we're, we're getting into the how well does it do it phase. Um, let's see. Now, is, is there anything I would do to modify this? Well, I sort of did by downloading that piece of software. I was talking about Caliber. Um, I think it's spelled C A. B. It spells sort of funny. C A B I. Oops. You can probably hear some uh, mortars going off in the background here. Um, it's been a long day too. C A L I B R E I think is how it's spelled. Uh, download that. It's from a software engineer. Uh, sounds like a book an aficionado, maybe from India that was educated in England. Um, awesome piece of software. It's only screwed up on a couple pieces of um, ebooks that I tried to convert. Some of them didn't quite convert correctly, but most of them did a really good job. Um, if you'd load a PDF file directly onto the e reader, you don't. Um, the lettering will be extremely small, whereas if you do use this uh, conversion software, um, it'll put it into a much better um, format for you to be able to read. Um, like I said, I can't. Uh, it's awesome if you if you travel or you just like to carry um, your book with you to work or whatever. Um, it makes it easy to carry an entire library I don't think I've come anywhere close to maxing out the memory on my Kindle and uh, I probably have a good couple hundred books on there um, There's a good, good number of places you can get free ebooks. You don't have to necessarily purchase from Amazon You know full price books the the nice thing too on Amazon though if you're paying for for new ebooks from them Um, They're usually at a discounted rate. So um, I think for like um, Trails Safe, I paid two-thirds of what the normal retail for the paperback version costs. Um, Same thing on the Jeff Cooper book, Art of the Rifle. And I've downloaded a a number of medical texts as well to use here. And so it's just been a great piece of uh, equipment for me. Um, I think also if you, um, if you were able to hook that up to your, I think you have the Solio, man, talk about, you would just, if you wanted to do some extensive, uh, backpacking or camping and you had a little solar charger like that, uh, with the little amount that the Kindle uses for power, uh, you'd be able to recharge it easily every day and, and keep it topped off. Um... Like you, I don't know about the the Kindle Fire. I'm sort of interested in it, but um, I I like my black and white e-ink Kindle just fine. And um, hope if you do get it, hope you enjoy it, and uh, let me know what you like. All right, this is Ken from Afghanistan. Out.
0: Okay, Ken. Thanks for sending that in. I appreciate it. Uh, stay safe over there in uh, the chilly mountains of Afghanistan. And we are uh, all thinking about you. I know not just me, but several of the other listeners as well are all sending good vibes your way and uh, can't wait till you get back safe and sound in the States. A lot of good points on that. You know, one of the things that I was surprised at was actually how long, and I've heard this from other people, you know, when I've gone on YouTube and other stuff and looked, but actually how long the battery life is on those things. You know, it's funny you had mentioned about having my, like that little solo uh, Solio solar charger I have, and that's a pretty neat little deal. I haven't used it too much lately, but I'm going to try and and, uh, and and start using that a little bit more and doing a little bit more testing uh, as far as with charging stuff up. What's nice about that Solio is, of course, you can charge it either from the wall, from your computer. Or you can charge it, of course, uh, you know, by having it, sitting it outside. Although, of course, you know, the best way to actually charge it is to do it from your home. But if you had to, you can get it up to, um, by by using the sun and the solar, little solar panels on that thing. You can get it to charge up pretty full. I haven't, I kind of let it drain down and then I had it out for a couple of days and I wasn't able to get it up to a full charge. With that, and I think I've talked about this before on the show, but from what I remember, and uh, my memory may be a little faulty on this stuff, I don't think I was able to get it all the way up to a full charge by doing it out in the sun. Uh, but it may be one of those things where you really kind of got to baby it and watch it. But I was by able to get it enough to where it could charge a device or charge a cell phone or you could get enough, you could get enough power stored in the battery on the Solio to if you even if your phone was totally dead uh, that you could use that and you could easily make a call or you could charge something up um, and I'm sure you could probably figure out a way to uh, charge up either the Kindle or the Nook or something like that with those and you could probably go for quite a long time uh, it seems like a lot of people are saying that they can go 3-4 weeks before they have to recharge it all the way so anyway Ken thanks for sending that in um, like I said Stay safe out there, and just know that we are thinking about you, and uh, we want to thank you for what you're doing for us. We appreciate you.
1: It's time to whip out my pimp cane and beat some knowledge into your heads. So listen up, motherfuckers.
0: All right, well, as you've heard in that lovely recording, now is the time in the show where I like to talk about uh, books that I'm reading or other podcasts that I'm listening to or movies or TV shows that we've been watching. Uh, A book that I've started, and I just got this from the library a couple of days ago and just started it, and I'm really enjoying it, is is called Survivors by James Wesley Rawls, and I've started that. He also, I guess, has another book called Patriots that came out first. Um, What he he had written in his book and kind of in a little forward was that you don't have to have uh, read patriots first that this stuff is happening kind of at the same time and, and it's just a different look at what's happening so i wanted to get patriots from the library but they all the copies are out uh and i haven't put a hold on it yet i need to but uh eventually i will but anyway that's one of the books that i'm reading i would kind of gotten away uh from reading books and I, I really love reading and i get a lot of enjoyment out of it and that's again why i'm wanting to kind of going back either to like a Kindle or a Nook, something like that. I'd love to be able to have, you know, 10 or 20 books that I can just have on there and then just go to them whenever I want. Uh, Speaking of maybe a little bit more of, uh, audio dramas, I'm listening to, uh, recently, uh, I guess it's a, you'd call it maybe a zombie podcast called we're alive. And, uh, I really like that. I think that's a really good one. Um, There's also one that he hasn't, excuse me, he hasn't put anything out in a while, but it's called Among the Dead, and I think it's still on iTunes, and you could go back and find it, but anyway, what this guy had done was, it was like he had, uh, he had found a little portable digital recorder, and so he's sort of recording what's happening to him during a, you know, a zombie apocalypse. What's interesting about that particular podcast, this Among the Dead podcast, is that he uses the recorder almost like another person. Uh, so he uses it to kind of talk to you, like he's talking to uh, somebody else, and it kind of helps to keep his sanity. Uh, let's see. Now, on some movies I watched, I got from uh, the library. Uh, our library, one of the libraries, has a pretty good DVD selection. They actually have a good Blu-ray selection, too. So I got the movie um, Priest and i got sucker punch and i got predators the latest thing the one that uh uh robert rodriguez produced and um i watched uh i watched that movie priest and it it was somewhat predictable but it was fun to watch and maybe because i kind of had low expectations of it people had kind of just shit all over that movie and said how terrible it was and all this other stuff but I watched it, and I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, the effects were pretty neat. It was kind of a neat idea. How it ends, of course. They leave it open for, uh, obviously, for a sequel, but I don't think it did as well in the box office, so there probably won't ever be one. Or if they did do one, it would probably be so crummy. Uh, But anyway, I didn't think it was too bad. Um, Sucker Punch, I kind of liked, although, in all honesty... I liked how it was filmed, but the parts that I liked was when she was, like, fighting the monsters or doing all the combat scenes and stuff. And I would sort of fast-forward through the other parts once the movie got started, and the in-between parts, because it didn't really in the in between parts it didn't you weren't really missing much so i i kind of fast forwarded through those stuff and you could just tell by what was going on on the screen you could you know you weren't really missing out on much Uh, but i would recommend it especially if you could get it from the library for free like i did Uh, it's well worth watching and it's it's uh, it's visually visually entertaining if you want to look at it that way what was the oh and then predators? Now I saw that in the theater and I liked it. And a lot of people said that you know they watched they watched it in the theater. They liked it. Then the more they thought about it, the more they didn't like it. Um, but when I saw it, I saw it when it first came out in the theaters and and liked it a lot. And I liked the fact that they that everybody was kind of like a real person, like nobody. Nobody was, like, comic book character-ish. I mean, I, you know, there there is some of that stuff going on a little bit. But, uh, you know, in these movies, people take way more damage than they should be able to and are able to get up and walk around and do stuff. But, you know, you have to suspend disbelief. But anyway, I actually really liked Adrian Brody. I liked him at, at the very first. Um, I thought he he did he played like a real he I liked his character a lot and I thought he did a real good job in portraying that character even though his character was uh, really pretty dark and pretty flawed in a lot of ways um but I think it holds up I think it's a, it's a good fun watch it's one of those movies that that for me that you know you can just sort of put on and watch and it's just fun to watch and let's see I think those were about the three that I got from the library and the book I got from there Um, as far as TV shows, I think I talked about not too long ago, we were watching Damages, which is actually pretty good. Um, I know we're watching that through Netflix and we've started watching Breaking Bad, but here's the, you know, here's the funny thing about that. Uh, quite a few months ago I had, I I had actually found a copy of Breaking Bad at the library. Uh, the DVDs, and so I brought those home and I we threw those on and I started watching them, and then uh, I watched the first episode. Really liked it. Things were a little hectic right at that time, so my I couldn't get my wife. To, we didn't really have time, and then, you know you only get to keep the DVDs for about a week, and so it was time to go back. And I just thought, ah, you know, later we'll we'll get them again, and uh, we'll be able to sit down because I thought she would really like the show. So anyway, um, flash forward to you know, a few weeks ago, and I get her to sit down and watch the first episode with me on Netflix. And I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, this isn't, this isn't what I saw on the DVDs. So I guess on the DVDs, they must have more, like, explicit material on there than they would normally be able to do on AMC. Now, even on AMC, if you're looking at shows like Walking Dead and some of these other shows that are out there, they curse on there a lot. So they'll say shit or asshole, but they don't say they don't go real harsh. They don't say stuff like uh, you know, like fuck or all this other stuff. Um and and of course they don't show any uh any nudity and and uh they kind of draw the line a little bit because it still is on cable TV. But on the Breaking Bad DVD, I was watching it and they showed like a quick like boob shot of some lady. And then they were also um, dropping the F-bomb a few times. And I, I remembered there were scenes that were on the DVDs that of course weren't in, that are not on the Netflix version. So I don't know if the Netflix version is the one that maybe originally aired on, uh, on AMC. And that's what we're getting Uh, because, you know, Netflix, they don't have they they have rated R movies and movies and and TV shows with lots of, you know, uh, violent, ultra violent content and sexual content and, you know, bad language and all this other stuff. Uh, But the interesting thing was, is there was there was two or three scenes that were in the DVD that were not in in the in on the Netflix streaming version that we're seeing on the Breaking Bad stuff. And there was a couple of scenes where he was at the car wash and fans, if you're fans of the show, let me know if this may be originally aired that way or if this is only DVD stuff where when he was working at the, at the car wash and then the kind of the douchebag kid from his class is like, yeah, wash my car, you know, blah, blah, blah. Make sure to get those tires good. And then they also did more where they showed that the, the family was in more financial straits. Um, they were showing that the wife was selling stuff on eBay and they were, you know, trying to be a little bit more careful with money and this and that. So, uh, anyway, what I'm thinking is I actually, like I said, I liked the DVD version of it much better than what I'll call the AMC or the TV version that we're seeing on Netflix. So I'm looking, I'm trying to look for, uh, getting the copy of course back from the library, but of course they're out. And, uh, so as soon as I can find him, just because I think it's going to be a better show. Uh, but anyway, oh, and there was, there was also, like I said, there were several scenes that were cut out that just made, it made, it made you understand more why he was kind of starting the journey. The way that it showed it on Netflix, it seemed that he, he kind of went from A to Z pretty quick. And with the DVDs, you sort of saw, He goes from A to B to, you know, and kind of goes down the line, and you can follow him a little bit more, and you can kind of understand a little bit easier why he's sort of doing the things that he's doing. All right, let's see. Uh, What other stuff have we been watching that was pretty good? Uh, You know, when I I stop a recording, that's when I'll remember and do a bunch of, and that's when I'll remember, oh, yeah, I should have done this or that. Um, What did I see in the theater that wasn't too bad? Uh, oh, I saw, I think I talked, did I talk about it last time? I don't remember if I did or not. I saw Immortals. I think I talked about that already, though. I think I talked about that last time. And it was all right. Not the greatest, not, not, not terrible, but it was fun. You know, a fun watch. Uh, anyway. I think that's going to go ahead and wrap it up. I will, uh, go ahead and play a song. And, uh, the song is going to be courtesy of, uh, Chimindo. And I don't know who I'm going to play, but I'll put a link to it in the show at the end. So anyway, I won't be uh, back on this particular show. I won't be doing any follow-up or anything like that. Uh, Oh, you know what? Before I do that, let me not pull a... uh, I don't want to pull a a thing like I did last time. I'm going to double-check all our emails and everything. Oh, you know what? I do have one more email. Um. Greg, uh, uh, gentleman named Greg had sent a thing, uh, it's basically like a clip that goes on the Ruger LCP. And I'll put I'll put a link to that as well. Uh, but he also did a link on, um, on the Facebook pay on the Facebook fan page for armed ape and also for firearms cafe. And you know what, while we're at that, let's go ahead and, um, he also he also sent in a review on a thing called the Can Cooker, so I'll go ahead and play that now. So take it away, Greg.
2: Yeah, this is Greg from Washington, uh, from the former home of the USS Missouri. If you know anything about that, you'll figure out where I'm at. Anyway, this is for Uncle Silverbeck, and it's the about the can cooker. I put a uh, link on your Arm uh Facebook page. On above it, that uh, whether you're cooking at home or for a few people, or at a campsite for a few people, it uh, this sucker works great. Uh, you just layer the vegetables in there, like the uh, recipe book says, and whatnot, and throw your favorite liquid in, be it uh brew, wine, or whatever, and uh throw it on a heat source, be it on the stove top or on the campfire, and once it starts to steam out the little hole on top, about 45-50 minutes later, you're ready to eat, just pour it in a pan and ladle it onto your plate or bowls and chow down. Uh, the only thing I would suggest doing is, uh, buying the optional, uh, grate to go in the bottom to keep the bottom layer of vegetables up off the bottom of the, uh, can cooker. And they also have seasonings, and they work great, taste good, and stuff, so enjoy it, folks, and, uh, I'll be putting more reviews on here in the future. I'm a new listener, and, uh, this one in for my first one. Thanks. Have a good
0: one. Bye now. All right, Greg. Uh, I'm a little bit out of practice, as you guys can tell from from sort of getting stuff organized. But hey, uh, you gets what you pays for type stuff. Anyway, that sounds kind of like an interesting thing, and it's it, uh, it sounds like kind of a neat way to do stuff. I'll provide links both for the Ruger LCP. I think it's called the Techna Clip. And then also for the can cooker. And I'll uh, put those over on the website at thearmedape at gmail. Uh, Holy crap. I'll put it on the website at thearmedape.com. There you go. That's better. So if you go over to thearmedape.com and you'll look on the show notes for this episode, uh, then you'll be able to see all the links and everything that we'll have on there. All right, now I think what I'll do is I'll go ahead and play the song and I will talk to you guys next time. Take care, my monkeys.
1: He's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it.